It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's March Madness Final Four time for the three-point podcast team in episode 162 and disappointment in Blueville. Our team includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankered Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and our studio home, Z92.5, The Castle. I'm Ted Fattel with the young guy, Jared Fattel. And, you know, I talked about Bluesville there, uh, Jared. Apparently, Matt took it really hard and just decided he, he couldn't do it. He just couldn't talk about if that. I, if I know Matt, he is probably in a comatose state right about now <laughs> uh, due to that Michigan loss. I mean, we all were. It was, I don't know about you, where it ranks in terms of just heartbreaking losses that you've had in your life, but, I mean, it's up there for me. It's it's one of the probably top five. Yeah, I'm still digesting how I feel on it, you know, because I look back at the whole season and the success they had, but you're right, the disappointment in that game, which, by the way, we're going to talk specifically more about that game and about the tournament. We're going to be joined by Don Thomas of A Podcast Divided. He'll be checking in with us here in a little bit. But right now in the opening segment, we're going to get caught up a little bit. Obviously, you know, 
I'm dragging butt, and what is it? Seven o'clock on uh, on Wednesday evening because stay, I stayed awake for the entire game. There was no DVR time for me. The schedule sucks for mm-hmm. us on the East Coast, but the thing that sucks about it the most is that they've had the highest ratings ever with this new right? TV schedule. So if you think that this is you know a one year COVID year uh, type schedule, you're wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with this for the rest of uh, the tournaments from here on out. But uh, quick catch up on me. I mean, I know that I'm not, you know, Tiger Woods. So when I talk about my golf game, it's not the most riveting of stuff, but this is something that's, you know, pretty near and dear to my heart. And it's a sport that I, I do love. And I, and you know, it's a, it's a, so I go to the golf course to escape, right. You know, like most people of do, course. you know, to compete, to have fun with your friends, to drink some beers. Uh, but first Saturday of the golf season, you know, beautiful day out, almost 70 degrees here in Michigan. I'm out on the course, like just guns blazing, ready to get the golf season, like kicked off. Right. I kid you not, three holes in, and wouldn't you know it, the same problems that I had to deal with last year because of the influx of quote-unquote like COVID golfers uh, due to stimulus checks and due to the quarantine last year where golf was pretty much all you could do outside, uh, or at least like kind of for fun. They very first time I'm out in the year or out on the course, there is a six sum in front of me. So for those who maybe don't know the golf like you know rules or etiquette generally courses don't even allow five people to play in a group. Like probably I would say 60 to 70% of courses don't even allow five sums. Well, I think the last time we talked about golf, you were complaining because you had a five sum, right? Yes. So that, but that was a five sum in which it was allowed on that course okay. where they confirmed it through phone calls Okay. Uh, that it was allowed on the course. We weren't even playing slow. We weren't slowing down anyone, which is what I'm talking about here. So I'm stuck on a six sum. Uh, and we're like three or four holes in, and normally, you know, there's usually maybe one hole you'll have to wait for a, a long, like a group like that ahead of you before they'll let you play through. Hole number two passes. Hole number three passes. This is to the point where I am literally sitting on the tee box for about 10, 15 minutes before I can play each hole. And then waiting about another 10, 15 minutes before, before the next shot. They are all walking. They're not in carts. They're sweating over every single, like, three or four foot putt, almost as if it's like the U.S. Open. And it's just like, it's like I'm losing my mind. I don't know what happened to golf over the last two years. Like I said, I think it's COVID-related where there's just been an influx of golfers to courses where if you want to play at a course that's not uh, where you make a tee time and it's perfectly like scheduled out in a super organized course that's not going to allow six some out on the course, you are literally going to be golfing for an entire day to get 18 holes in. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's really what it's like. Uh, so fast forward or later in the round, and uh, they finally let us through after about seven holes with two holes left. To the or Excuse me. Uh, this was actually the day after. This was Sunday. So Sunday, I go to Glenbrier, uh, which is a course in Perry, all by myself. And, you know, when you're playing by yourself, I, I can get through you 18 holes in three hours. Right. But uh, for about three or four holes, I was stuck behind a uh, boy and a girl, like probably, you know, college age. Uh, it was clear that this was like her probably first time golfing. And he, every single shot, you know, he's walking her through, you know, how to swing. I can, I'm can, i like watching it from like 300 yards back. Is he getting and, behind her? Yeah, getting behind of... her, doing the whole thing. <laughs> that's and a, that's I'm all, a move and in I, itself. I, don't, I never thought I'd be like the golf course Scrooge because those are the type of people that I hated when I was growing up. But there's a time and place for that. Do I have a problem with you doing it? No. But don't do it when I'm waiting on you for literally the past two hours to get by you to the point where I had to skip three holes to jump in front of them mm. to continue the round. Do that stuff on the range. You know, I have a girlfriend myself that it would be cool if she golfed with me and all that sort of stuff. So I understand what he's trying to do. But when you slow down an entire course because you're having her hit every shot and, you know, you're showing her a lesson on every time she messes up, like, you know what the heck you're doing yourself, it just slows down the entire course. So, like I said, I I never thought I'd be the golf course Scrooge, but 
Uh, unfortunately, someone's got to wear that crown to kind of keep golf the way that everyone likes it, and I guess that's me now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's aggravating. I remember back to my golf days. I mean, when you had to wait and wait, golf is no fun. <laughs> golf is fun if you can go right to the tee box and yep. tee off, right, and just keep on rolling. Yes. When you have to wait around, it does stink for sure. Now, I have a cu- couple questions. You had the six of them in front of you. Were they playing their own balls? They weren't yes. doing a scramble? Six, you know, old geezers that like think they run the, run the show at like the course. They all have the like walker, like the walker bags. Like that's oh, when you know yeah. somebody's like goes way too hard. Uh, and it's like, yeah, it's just like Uh-oh, I said, no cards. Then they're and they're all and it, it's just like they. I have no problem with you. Like I, I am not one that's going to be bitching about somebody playing a six sum. The problem comes when you're just holding up the entire course and it's backlogged by about five holes because you guys think that the world revolves around you and this course is like you're you're like the leaders of this course. Right. I don't know. It's just it's it's irritating. I think I saw I think I saw you tweeted something about it and one of our friends Phil said, "Yeah, you got to launch one right over their head." <laughs> and, and knowing Phil, I could definitely see yeah, that happening it, for sure. It definitely like it that is something that, you know, happens on accident and sometimes on purpose. That is the best way to send a message to a group like that, but when when you're one guy and there's a group of six yeah, ahead of it, you, I mean, what am I going to do? Why have a confrontation, yeah, right? It's not worth it. It's it's like I said, I'll sit on the I'll sit on uh the tee box and then I'll be passive and come on a podcast a, a week later and bitch about it. That's how hey, that's how I handle it. That's what microphones are for. Well, you know, I'm dragging a little butt today because of the Michigan game last night and also it's been just so busy, you know. We had five district games we did on the radio. We had a doubleheader on a Tuesday and a Thursday, and then we had the district championship game, and then we wrapped it all up uh, actually last night at 530 yeah. where Corona finished their season against Bridgeport. And First of all, this Bridgeport team was pretty good, but you know, Corona lost to them, and, and the press just killed them there in that second quarter. But I, I looked up the records. I see your brother Johnny picked up a victory over Bridgeport early in the season. Good for him. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Here's the thing. I was actually watching this uh, Corona game okay. in Bridgeport, and – Basically, what you said. I mean, it was it was turnover galore. Yes. I mean, for Corona, really no other way to put it. I mean, the most notable quarter was the second quarter where I think Bridgeport went on like a thirty to zero run. At it, least that's what it seemed like through the uh, pixel art system. Um, <laughs> yes. And so I don't, but you know that just happens. I mean, it's something. It's hard where it's kind of like Bridgeport's sort of like it's their calling card where the best team from Shiawassee County makes it out of this district every year, right? And they're just waiting on the other side to kind of pummel them. We've seen it with Ovid Halsey a couple times. We've seen it with Corona, and I Corona had a, had a good team. You know, I really think that if they had played Bridgeport maybe two or three times during the year and they were more accustomed, or if they had just played a tougher schedule during the year, I really think they could have put up a lot tougher of a fight. But it's kind of hard. Just going from playing, you know, just a lack, to put it lightly, a lackluster schedule to jumping into a state title contender type team. Yeah, there is. There's something to be said about that. You're right because you know, and, and again, not to shortchange their schedule, but it's not a team like uh, Bridgeport or Saginaw High. You know, and yeah. you know, when when you go up against those teams that have the really quick athletes and they go all full full court press. You know, to beat a team like that, you have to be equally as aggressive, and you also have to be confident. You know, yeah. you can't lose your confidence. And I think I saw a little bit of that, obviously the quickness factor, and plus the Cavaliers' shots weren't going down. No. But on a positive note, it was a pretty heck of a season there for Rocky Buscemi and uh, and Corona, especially his four seniors. You know, I think they, they outperformed expectations coming into the season. 14 wins, you know, with the yeah. COVID situation. Not any real height. You know, I mean, I don't think they had a guy taller than six two. Yeah, just a just you know a pretty well put together team, almost like a Michigan type roster yeah. where if they didn't have Hunter Dickinson, um, but 
people around Corona like to act like we're like some like sports powerhouse. If you win district title at Corona, that's something to be. I don't care what the district is. I don't care who you're playing. It's it's something to be proud of. It's an achievement. And it for is one hundred percent. And like you said, fourteen wins. I think they only played seventeen games. So, they were fourteen and four coming in. Yeah, eighteen you know. games. So like that's a heck of a season. Like you said, something to be one hundred percent proud of. In a year when they probably didn't think that they were going to have a season right. to come out with a district title. I mean, they just got to be ecstatic over that. No question. So, and the cupboard's not bare. They got some pretty good young talent coming up, and uh, so it looks like Corona could be a, a force here in Shiawassee County, anyway, for the next uh, couple of years, without a doubt. But the season's over. I finally get a little rest and uh, watch a little baseball. Tigers' opening day is tomorrow. You know, unfortunately, our tickets that we've had now for two years, we're not going to be able to go. I'm so confused on that. Actually, this is maybe a little bit behind the scenes that we don't need to necessarily get into, but I, what the heck is going on with our tickets? So, for those who don't know, we bought tickets uh, for last year's opening day. Uh, I've been in this group chat where it seems like every other day it's updated whether we're going to opening day tomorrow or not or this or that. So, I don't know. Do I hope there's no tickets? debate about that. I'm not planning on going. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. It's like, do we even have the tickets? What happened to the tickets? We they don't just, have the tickets. They are, we just spent that money and they're gone? No, no. We, we had the chance to cash in and get our money back, but we've been holding on to it, and uh, we thought maybe this year we'd be able to go. I think I think the consensus, now weren't you in the group chat where we decided, hey, for opening day, we're just going to hold off till next year as the group. We're going to go to another game this summer. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, I mean, quite a, like, family tradition where we did it <laughs> one time, and it's happened one time in four years. No, we're going to go sometime this summer. I'm thinking probably by the 4th of July, I think they're going to, they're going to loosen things up and be my guess, you know, especially with uh, all the vac- vaccines that are being administered now. I, th- I think we're going to be past the uh, the corner of COVID, hopefully, where we're going to be seeing a lot more people allowed into yeah. sporting events. Probably still have to mask up. Yeah. Probably Which, still have to be cashless. I, mean, I went to a spring training game when I was in Arizona. I, it, it I mean, although there was, you know, obviously split up and mm-hmm. all that different stuff, I, it didn't really – I still felt like it was an awesome baseball game. I, I love going to baseball games. Uh, I actually saw a draft uh, that recently took place where Comerica Park was the number 20th ranked. No, it was uh, higher than that, wasn't it? The one that I saw at least was at Comerica Park 20th ranked. So where I know I've been to Wrigley Field, I've been to Comerica. I think those are literally right. the only two that I've been to. Is it just not that great of a stadium? I have my problems with it. I mean, I know for sure if you're the third base line, you might as well not even go to the game, in my experience, or if you're in the upper deck on a hot day. Uh, but other than that, if you can see anywhere else in the stadium, I think it's right up there with one of the best. It's actually pretty good. I, you know, you brought up the good point. If you're on the third base line, when the sun is out during a day game, you're just cooked. I mean, there's no you can't shade. Can't watch. You, 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 most people don't stay in their seats. They go on the concourse. They do have yeah. a very nice concourse. Uh, we found out that if you buy standing room only tickets, you and if you get there early enough, you can plant yourself right behind home plate or right off of home plate on that lower level. Those are awesome seats. And if you stand there along the wall, you and I'll tell you a little tip. Give the usher ten bucks. He won't bother you one bit. And when a, <laughs> he'll let you go down and sit in any empty seats too. It really, really works. Yeah, ten dollars. That's not a bad one, idea. I've never one guy, thought to do that. You just shake hands with him. And you have a ten dollar bill in your hand. It, I'm telling you, I've done it. It works. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never. I've. That's a hell of an idea. Bribery. But Bribery. Why not? <laughs> we're gonna get the uh, freaking the Detroit Tigers calling us. Soon. Oh no, that's right. We are broadcast worldwide. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of that, we got to get into uh, the elephant that we're here to talk about, yeah. and that's Michigan basketball. We're gonna check in with Don Thomas, and again, we miss our good buddy Matt Burns. He bleeds blue. And I'm sure he probably has has the blues today, but he had some kind of commitment he couldn't get out of, so we're gonna muddy our way through without him. But we'll check in with Don Thomas of a podcast divided right after this. 
Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one -on -one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street, give them a follow on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. All right, next up on the podcast, we're going to talk with uh, a Michigan Wolverine, true, true, all the way through. Uh, a podcast divided, Don Thomas. And Don, I, I tell you what, I'm a little jealous because... You were able to go to the games down in Indianapolis. Tell us about that experience a little bit. It was great. Um, it was a, a great time to, to to have. You know, you, of course, despite you know the, the heartbreaking loss last night, it was great to be there, even though the stadium was only twenty five percent full because it was most Michigan fans that really felt like I was there. The energy was palpable. It, it was it was a wonderful time to be there. You always wish it can go differently, but it's very seldom, you're very seldom the last team standing. But so it was a wonderful time, great experience. Um, yeah, it was it was outstanding. It's really all I can say. So before we get into maybe the actual like Michigan's uh, game or Michigan's game against um, UCLA, what was it like with the 25% capacity? At least watching it on TV, it seemed like the atmosphere was like actually pretty good. And I know Cameron Crutwig, the very first thing he said when they beat Illinois was how awesome the fans were for somebody who hasn't played in front of fans all year. Did it feel like that when you were in the, in the stadium? Absolutely. It felt, it felt just like that. Just the, the interview was there, um, even though – it, that even though, even though it wasn't you know full, the interview yeah. was there. The crowd was engaged. It was loud. I guess the the um, the the positives of that of that experience was had a lot of room because of social distancing, yeah. and also leaving the games afterwards. There wasn't any game day traffic. <laughs> it was it was just perfect for me. Honestly, it was great. Well, before we get into the game, as Jared said, I, I'd like to ask a few more questions about the experience. I know. Uh, I was there in, I think it was 2015, down to the Final Four in Indianapolis, and it's just a fantastic place for a tournament. Jared actually got to go with his dad and brothers to the championship game. The Are one you that say, is that the year that, you're talking about? Year was 2010. Jeez, that was 2010. <laughs> wow. Been pretty old. Time flies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the experience in Indianapolis is uh, is outstanding. Now, uh, how did you end up getting your tickets? Do you go StubHub? Do you have some other resource? Um, I'm actually um, – Sadi Washington, the assistant basketball coach for Michigan, is – my former summer coach, and he's also a youth, one of my youth leaders. When I was a back, when I was a teenager, when he was came home from overseas, he was a 
he played professional ball overseas back then, twenty plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And we we remain in touch, and um, we 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 text often. I text him after every game. Um, he's just a great, wonderful guy, like a big mm-hmm. brother to me, and he. He, um, he he made sure I got in. Well, that's outstanding. He's one of those guys you don't hear him talking about. You know, you hear about Martelli, and uh, but he does a great job as an assistant on that team for sure. He, he absolutely does, and um, like I said, just knowing him as long as I have, um, it's really no surprise where he, that he is where he is because he just he like he is he's very relatable. He's very passionate. He's he, he has a humongous heart, and he's and he's able to to really sit down with really any recruit, any player, and just really really just kind of nurture them and teach them and coach them and not bring them down. That's not his personality. He's just a, he's a wonderful guy. He's, he's, one of, he's a salt-of-the-earth individual. That's awesome, yeah. And recruiting is, is so important in college basketball, especially when Michigan's bringing the number one recruiting class uh, in the country. Uh, so of of all the uh, stadiums that the the March Madness was that took place at, uh, you know, Banker's Life, uh, it was at Assembly Hall, Hinkle, Hinkle. Was there one that you felt was kind of the best, or had the maybe the best atmosphere per se? Um, I liked Banker's Life um, mm-hmm. because it was a basketball atmosphere. I enjoyed um, I enjoyed um, Lucas Oil because he had it has the big game feel and all yeah. that. But you still there's no replacement for having. The game's in like a real basketball mm-hmm. arena. It really felt boxed in, and it really felt the the crowd really came alive in that in that place more than anywhere else. But of course, the, yeah, there's, there was more quantity in Lucas Oil. Yeah, and Michigan didn't play at Hinkle, did they at all? No. Yeah, we we played at Purdue, um, Lucas Oil, and Baker's Life. Only those three places. Okay. Have you been to Hinkle? Actually, uh, seen it inside at all? I haven't, man. I was hoping we have a game there, but yeah. it's never materialized. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet setup they have, without a doubt. All right, we've been stalling long enough. we got to talk about the yeah. game. I mean, you know, we haven't even talked at all about uh, last night. We're recording on Wednesday. I'm dragging ass because it was a late one. Did you come home last night or did you stay down there? Um, I, I, I got actually came home this morning. I got back to Atlanta. Well, what did you think about uh, Michigan's performance against UCLA? They, I mean, it, it wasn't their best game. It wasn't their best game. By a long shot, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that they weren't playing hard. Yeah, they fought their behinds off. Right. It's just it was one of those weird games where shots were like open shots, open shots, good looks, mildly contested layups just wouldn't go, especially late. But it doesn't det- it doesn't deter from the fact that it was an outstanding defensive performance. You know, outside of Juzang going for twenty eight, yeah, nobody else got anything else. You know, it's just the unfortunate thing. I just think as a team that Michigan just got tired, fatigued yeah. overall. Just as hard as as hard as they've been playing, and also you got you you, you got to remember that they're they're also one shorter in the rotation because mm-hmm. there's no Isaiah Livers. Um, so so it really it really added to the it added to the workload of everybody else, and I just think they were tired. Like Franz, really our two go to scores. Outside of Dick, like from from three levels. Outside of, of course, you have Dickinson down low, and Franz's responsibility is to be the stopper, which he did a great job. Yeah, uh, like what's the, the um, number four with the headband? I forgot his name. Jim, I'm not sure if it's Jimenez. Je- Je- yeah, Jack was. Yep. Like he was silent. Yeah, he was. The, he was silent as a church mouse for the whole game because Franz <laughs> shut him down. And well, but the thing about it is, Franz has. 
is dependent upon to be the number one stopper and also the number one scorer when we need a basket. And I just think he was just tired. Simple as that. He was tired. It wasn't that he wasn't focused or not good. He was just dog tired because he 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 really put he put this team on his shoulders um, from from a significant standpoint. In the LSU game, he didn't have a great scoring effort, but but um, but Brooks and Shawnee picked him up. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. It just it just didn't materialize. Well, that's the thing that they were missing last night. You were waiting for somebody to get hot, you know, because they do have a lot of weapons, and it just didn't happen. I mean, they had some good looks. I mean, Smith's shot at the end was a great look. Franz had a nice three point look, and you might be hitting it right on the head with the fact that fatigue maybe maybe settled in. And also, we may not be giving UCLA enough credit. I mean, they're very well coached. Uh, they couldn't stop that other that kid at all. Yep. And uh, yeah, did you did you ever think that? I, Clearly, Wagner had also a very important guy to guard. But did you ever think that maybe Juwan should have made the switch and and put uh, Franz on Johnny Juzang? Um, the thing about it is, if you if you put Franz on Johnny Juzang, and I think, and he was on him a few, a few times. Yeah. If you put him on Johnny Juzang, you leave um, Jimenez, who's a, who's a who's a much stockier player. Mm-hmm. You leave him for someone like for undersized um, player like like Brooks yeah. or someone like that. Brooks and Brooks did. I mean, Juzang, he, he just had his. Cause he did. There were several times Juzang, we had perfect defense right in his face. He just rolls up and hit it. Yeah. You know, it's just it was just one of those nights with, with Juzang. It, it reminded me a lot oh, yeah. of, of Rocket Watts, really. Yeah. It, it was where, it. I mean, it was just good defense, and he was just throwing up mid-range shots like fadeaways and fallaways that, that were just falling. Yeah. And you just had to tip your exactly. cap. I mean, it it was rough. At any point uh, when you were actually in the arena, did it feel like the momentum ever shifted kind of back to Michigan after those first, like, five minutes or so? Yes, it shifted back to Michigan when Juzang went out. Yeah, with the ankle injury? Yeah, when Juzang went out, it, everything changed. Yeah. And then it temporarily shifted back when um, when Mike Smith hit that three to go ahead. Mm-hmm. I mean, it shifted back. The arena came back alive. It's just... They hit, they hit their, they hit their shots, and we did it. I mean, it was literally that simple. Like, yeah. had good looks. They just, they just didn't fall. Yeah, I truly thought when Smith hit that shot that that was going to be it. Michigan was going to go on a, on a run. But again, like I said, you got to give some credit to UCLA, and they answered the call. They, they did, and they, they were tough. They did what it took. Now, you know, I want to put your put, put our coach's hat on for a second. You guys watched it, and obviously, we all know basketball. You could see that Juwan decided. In that second half, they were getting that ball down to Dickinson every single time. Did you think that maybe he should have kicked it back out to the wing a little bit more than he did instead of forcing his way to the basket? Um, I had a pretty good look at it. Uh-huh. The thing about it is, I mean, I was, I was, you know, in the lower level right next to our basket, so it was really, really hard. You know, it was really. I mean, the main thing is, I think what Juwan was trying to do was really establish the inside game. Mm-hmm. That way, they collapsed, and they never really truly collapsed. They they had a guy maybe come in and double team. They didn't they didn't go double and triple team like most teams have done this year. They kind of had a guy come in and kind of scrape, but so there really wasn't a whole lot in the passing lanes. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it, it was. I mean, it was a brilliant defensive. It was a it was a brilliant defensive strategy against Michigan, and they really they really put it in the hands of our guards to make plays. Which Brooks made a few and, my, and Smith had a big shot, but it wasn't it wasn't enough. Is what it was, and they they did they did what it took to beat Michigan. Yeah, and unfortunately for Brooks, uh, when he tried to put up that last second shot on on the Wagner miss, 
he just hurried it too much. He had time to he did. catch it and go up. I think he thought he was a lot closer to the rim than he actually was. The one time that in it, maybe it was I think Austin Davis was a little bit gassed, so mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have been able to, you know, stay in for the the long stretch of the end at the end of the game, but he was playing pretty well. He played for good. I mean, he was being a little bit more effective than Dickinson was. I mean, Dickinson only ended up with two rebounds right. by the end of the game. So maybe I mean, like I said, it's kind of hard to put a All-American on the bench. Uh, in crunch time like that, because you always kind of think he's always he's going to find a way to turn it around. But I would have loved them to go inside to Dickinson more when Cody Riley fouled out. Right. With you know just, just under like five minutes to play, I really thought that was when they kind of missed that opportunity to to really pound it inside to him when it hadn't been working so far the entire game. But yeah, and honestly, I mean, I, it's of course there's all hindsight's always twenty. Yeah. But always have other ways. But one thing is, Juwan put the team in position to win the game. Mm-hmm. They did. Because Jawan set up great sets for and had got us open or very lightly contested shots. We just missed. Yeah. Yep. You know, of course, you could always say do this differently, do that differently, but at the same time, it 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 just it, it, what it is. Well, you're kind of setting us up to bring this full circle. You know, we were talking in depth about last night's game. Everybody knows what happened. It was a tough loss for the Wolverines. Jared, when he walked in here, he was pretty depressed about it, uh, like we all are. But you know as we have a little bit further time to reflect on this season. And I'll tell you, Don, I I was on this podcast, and I took Michigan to win it all just because I told the fellas, I am in love with this Michigan team, literally in love with this team. And they gave me so much pleasure this season, you know, and not – there's only one team that's going to win the national championship, but this team gave their all, made it to the eight, lost livers, and still didn't give up. You know, and I'm proud of them. I thought they they had a hell of a run, and we've talked about it before. But the job that Juwan has done, the entire coaching staff, you know, the players. It'll be interesting to see who's coming back next year. But it was just it was just a, a great season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look look back. I mean, you look back. You have to be proud. And like mm-hmm. you said, only one team can win the championship. Like. I mean, Duke has been, I would say, in my opinion, Duke's been the greatest team in the last 30 years. Yeah. And in the last 30 years, Duke has won five titles, which means 25 times they either didn't make the tournament or they got eliminated. And a few of those times they got upset. So you're not going to win a championship every year. But for Jawan to take this stat, take this roster, add a few pieces, and bring in, and bring in a, a dynamic freshman to really man the middle, and, take, and then – at the end, lose your best player, make it to the elite, and really just a, a, a one fortuitous bounce yep. from the final four. I mean, that is an out. That's called an outstanding coaching job. And now coming in next, now more talent is coming in next year. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to be curious to see who comes back. I mean, how many are obvious walkaways? Is Wagner guaranteed to be heading out? You think? I would. I don't think he he, would, he should go. I think. I, I think. Don't it's think so. I don't think so either going to be a first-round pick, and of course there's some more work he needs to do, but the good news is he can he can be a millionaire and do that work and go to the G League or whatever and, and, and get himself right. But, but he's definitely a pro, and, I, and I, he shouldn't have it. He, sh- he, should, he, should be, he should be applauded for what he contributed to Michigan because we are nowhere near last night without him. Yeah. Like, we're probably losing, without, li- without Livers and Bogner, we're probably losing the first round. I mean, come on now. You know, it's it's he should be applauded. I mean, not, of course, Livers great career. I mean, Franz should be applauded, celebrated, and 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 and, and, and wish the very best. Any fans that are like, oh, he's, 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 
he shouldn't go and he's terrible and you you just don't know basketball. You're just you're just a salty butthurt fan. <laughs> is it is it is it a, a is it a given that he's going? Is there any sliver of a chance he sticks around? I don't know. I mean, it's you you just never know. He right. he may last night he he may have woke up this morning and be like, oh, man, I gotta try to try to do try to do this one more time. He's he's only 19 years old. Yeah, you know he'll be 20. I think in August he'll be 20 years old. He's not, he's 19, so he's he's still very young. And, I mean, if he came out next year, he come out as he come out as a 20 year old. So, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's up in the air. I, I don't think he should. If he wants to leave, he shouldn't be blamed, and he should be thanked and so he should be thanked and celebrated. Yeah. Well, we agree with you, and uh, it was a fun season without a doubt. What does Don Thomas now do with the podcast Divided? Do you do you follow the spring sports, softball, baseball, or do you just kind of gear up and start your Harbaugh talk? I'm gonna, actually going to reach out to Connor. We we, probably, we may do a basketball postseason slash spring football show, mm-hmm. um, and then after that, we're probably going to we're probably going to call it quits for this year, from a standpoint of our full blown production. Sure. Um, and, and really just kind of do some interactive things and then gear up and probably come back in, in, in July or August for, with our season. So basically it's like it's like season one of our of a podcast divided is over and we'll gear up for season two. Nice. But we have but we'll, I'm, I'll talk about one more show about you know with, with that and see if we can put us tie a bow around this, this athletic year. And because um, like not enough people care about I me, mean, even though baseball is, has done very well, softball and the other and several and the track and field have done outstanding work. It's just not something that the yeah. it's not something that made the Michigan baseball fan base is captivated by. So what we'll do is we'll um, we'll we'll just kind of you know gear up and, and get ready for the off season um, after um, one more episode. So just kind of in line with that, one last question I have for you. As, as Michigan guys, I mean, we're turning to football season. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm not very excited for next year. It doesn't look like we, you know, it seems like more and more bad news is coming out of Michigan each and every day. Uh, but how excited are you for this football season on like a scale of 1 to 10? Honestly, we had to come to, a, we had to, come to a, a, a place as a Michigan fan base to realize that it's not 1997 or yeah. even 2004 anymore. We're in a different place in a different phase in a different era of Michigan football mm-hmm. and so we have and so with that being said we have to adjust our, we have to adjust our expectations we're not a top tier program we're a good program but we're not a, the great program that we used to be yeah. from a standpoint of how far we are we now are away from you know competing for the national championship and, and the big 10 championship so I think if we take the approach of let's see how we grow from two and four COVID shortened season last year into this year with a new with a brand new starting first day one starting quarterback, a few pieces turned on the offensive line, a stacked backfield, young fast receivers, and a defense that's kind of needing getting a reshaped identity. I think we should approach it from an intrigue and a wonder standpoint, not a championship or bust standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's just you're just going to they better concentrate on is beating Ohio State one of these years, man. That's for sure. <laughs> um, uh, and, and with the, yeah, and Ohio State, they're just, honestly, right now with Ohio State, they're just better. 
they're better and they have more players, more athletes, more talent um, right now. And it's not going to change unless Michigan – is that going to change or, or – Right. Well, you have to hope it changes, and you have to gear up to make it change. Now, whether it happens, I guess it will remain to be seen if it can happen under Harbaugh's watch. But uh, a lot of fun, as always, talking with you, Don. Before we let you go, um, tell us a little bit about uh, the best spot on social media to follow you. You can follow me um, on my primary account, Donovan, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, like Donovan McNabb or Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, M as in Mike Thomas. That's my that's my hashtag for um, on Twitter, and you can also follow my podcast page, which is at a podcast divided. All right, perfect. Well, we appreciate you taking time out and talking about uh, Michigan basketball and Michigan sports in general. We appreciate it, and we'll check in with you down the road. Hey, I appreciate y'all for having me. Y'all doing great work here. All right, thanks, Don. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Nelson House Funeral Home's top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at nelson-house.com. It was great uh, talking to Don, but I mean, I feel like there's more to be said uh, about this Michigan game, at least between you and me. I I feel like it's like almost like a therapy session uh, for what we have to get like out on the table. I just still can't believe that that's how it went down. I'm glad that it, it, because there's so many guys in this team that you just don't want to see go. Think about it. Eli Brooks, Isaiah Livers, potentially Wagner could be leaving, Mm -hmm. Shondi Brown. Like we, we fell in love with this team. And it's kind of crazy to think about. Maybe the reason this loss like hurt so much to me in general and to all of us Michigan fans is because the only time we've we've really lost this year, other than I guess to Ohio State in uh, the conference tournament, it's either been a blowout to like Illinois, uh, or you know necessarily a game that doesn't really matter, a game that we weren't really too invested, or the close game against Michigan State, which at the end of the day didn't really matter as well. So it's been a long time since we really had a game of like consequence like this, and. It, it just ripped my heart out. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah, and I have to agree with you, Jared. I mean, how many times have we talked about the fact that I click on the DVR and go to bed, but there was no way I was going to bed for that one. But unfortunately, I wasn't watching it with my wife. I was watching it alone, and I'm just going, oh, come on. What is going on here? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, talking to the TV. I mean, Don had some good points. They played hard, Yeah, but it's just – Things weren't working for them, were they? I mean, the shots weren't falling. Maybe they did look a little fatigued. And I agree with you. It's depressing to know that that's a national championship team. I mean, there's there's a handful of national championship teams, maybe if you throw out Gonzaga, because the way they're playing yeah. right now. Not uh, sure if anyone could beat them. Exactly. Well, who knows? Well, I mean, 
if there was a type of team that I feel like could have gave Gonzaga some problems, it would have been Michigan. Absolutely. It would have definitely helped to have Isaiah Livers healthy, just in terms of on the offensive end and just depth and all those sort of things. But a team like Michigan where we just so are so good on defense, yes, Johnny Juzang, it, it sucks to lose that, was that the way. killer. Because, like you said, I, he was just hitting tough shots. Yes. It wasn't like he was ever just wide, wide open. Now I would argue maybe we should have sent a double at him or something because when you look up and down at the stat sheet, Four points, four points, four points, twenty-eight points, eleven points. <laughs> like that's like that's how they scored their points. It's wow. just it's just crazy when you think about that. That he was literally a one-man army right. that took us down, and now that name, and it's kind of just such a like kind of a dumb name. Maybe it's just because I'm angry. Johnny Juzang is going to haunt you for years. <laughs> it's going to haunt you for years. It definitely hurt, and I you know I I didn't want to get into it with Don, but I I do agree with your point. Wagner should have been on him. I mean, way earlier, I would have taken my chances with number four with uh, anybody else on him. I don't care. Especially once it just showed that, I mean, it's so hard to get your confidence rolling. I mean, the guy had, like, almost no points. Johnny Juzang, there was a at halftime, they had they were 3 of 19, the team, and he was, like, I, like 9 of 10. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, we should have done something. And I and I don't want to act like I'm a better coach than Juwan right. Howard, but and I know that it's always hindsight 2020 and all that sort of stuff, yeah. but it's – it's like, how do we not send a double at him? Or, or I even threw out the suggestion of maybe just getting, like, because what Don brought up was the size issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, just if we would have took Mike Smith out and had Shondi Brown guard Tiger Campbell, who was the only other guy that was really scoring, and put Wagner on uh, th- uh, this Juzang character, maybe we could have, like, shut them down. And, and it's hard to blame the defense because they scored 51 points. Yeah, they played hard. We just couldn't make a shot. That was it. And that was really the first time that we've seen livers where missing livers has really hurt us. Because normally when it, Dickinson can't get it going, Wagner can't get it going, livers was always the guy at the end of the shot clock or just in general when the offense was really s- sl- slowed down where he could he would hit shots like what Juzang was hitting, which is where that you weren't necessarily open, but he could just fill it up. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I also sit back and say, you know, this team made a hell of a run without livers. I don't want to use that by any stretch of the, of the imagination as an excuse, you know. Because yeah, Michigan it, fans are and Brandon Johns was he was played more great. than good in in filling in. Yeah, he so put, it wasn't like we got a lot more out of Johns than what we thought when Livers was initially out. Absolutely. It's just what hurts. It's not that we lost in the Elite Eight. It's how we lost. It right. felt like we were the truly the better team. And I get UCLA is kind of. I mean, the same thing happened in the Alabama game that UCLA won, where. Alabama goes 11 for 25 from the free throw line. And we haven't even mentioned we went 5 of 11 from the free throw oh, line. that's right. Where, you know, in a game like that, where we lose by two points, it matters. And it's just crazy when you think about the last five minutes we did not score. 0 for 9. Mm-hmm. It's just. Do you think. How did the, how do you go that cold? I know, And it makes sense for the fatigue, but I just don't understand how do you go that cold. Here's another Michigan fan excuse for you, Jared. Do you think the 10 o'clock start had anything to do with it, it as could've. well? I mean, here I mean, in the Eastern I, time zone. If, maybe if it was the first round, like I think it probably did affect Michigan State 100% right. in, in that first playing game. I don't know if, if you can say Michigan because just they had been there for so long. All these other teams have been playing in that time zone. UCLA had been at Indianapolis for two-plus weeks. It's not like they're still adjusted to the West Coast at that point. Right. So I, it just it hurt. I'm going to really miss this team. Just to, like Sean A. Brown, maybe one of my favorite Michigan players. Eli Brooks, I know he Love missed that last played. shot, but he's just like, just talk about a guy. There's nobody that you didn't like on this roster. That's right. rare. Even on Gonzaga, a team that's so good, you got guys like Timmy with the Fu Manchu mustache <laughs> who, after every single bucket he scores, is like celebrating. Michigan didn't have those guys. Right. And it's just. You wanted them to make the Final Four. I would have been perfectly fine if they lost to Gonzaga by 40 points, but the Final Four is such a just accomplishment that 
the Elite Eight, those teams that make it to the Elite Eight, they get forgotten. I right. hate to say it. Uh, you remember Nick Stauskas is like last year when they had a hell of a team. They lost Kentucky on a heartbreaker. Right. You don't remember that team really. Right. They were a hell of a team. They should have made it to the Final Four too, but they just get. And I don't want that to happen to this team, I'm which I think is what's going to happen. I'm going to choose to look back at this team not as an Elite Eight team, but a Final Five team. Right? <laughs> However, Can you we want do to that. Start. Final Five, baby, because they were in the Final Five. Yeah, that's true. They they were technically one of the last five teams uh, remaining. But uh, I actually it got my heart my mind sort of thinking uh, like what are some of the most heartbreaking losses I've had as a Michigan fan? Oh boy! Uh, tell me if, if you can if you admit and maybe some of yours I'd be interested to hear where some of yours maybe are from like the nineties and stuff like that. But number one championship game Michigan versus Louisville. Uh, oh, we yeah. started off so red hot. Spike it wasn't was necessarily we didn't necessarily lose by like a point, but it was a super close game, a lot closer than what the score said. Uh, and then, like I said, Michigan versus Kentucky, 2014 Elite Eight, uh, had them beaten, and then they hit a three pointer basically at the buzzer to beat us. This game, uh, and the number four, I actually have the trouble with the snap play, uh, which <sighs> would seem to be like it kind of was like heartbreaking, but it was also so like kind of just like almost hilarious, like what happened that surreal it, that it was surreal. It just like almost like how in the hell did that happen that it kind of masked the pain a little bit uh so that's why that's not higher but those are the four just off the top of my head that uh, that just stick with you yeah i have one I, I you know and i don't have i didn't do any real research but i have one where uh, back in the 70s mike lantry kick, was trying to kick a field goal against notre dame and i i still can vividly remember bob you saying it's up it's uh, it's no good <laughs> it's no good <laughs> it was for the game winner you know that that's right up there but i i think personally the uh the drop, uh, the drop punt one. That's probably the very top of the list. Yeah, it really is. I can understand that. Um, do you have any other like closing thoughts on this game? I mean, on this season, I, I, the future is bright. It for is Michigan basketball, which is something that, and we really can't complain. Like like we said, when we beat Florida or when we beat LSU, we would have been happy with the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, you know, it hurts that we look so damn good against Florida State just to kind of come back down to earth the very next game right on with the final four on the brink uh, but at the end of the day if you just view it in the right like perspective and lens it, it was one hell of a season Big Ten champions Jawan Howard a lot of people thought he wasn't even going to be a good coach whatsoever uh, he proved Valente. that wrong. we figured out I mean that's really the most important thing is that we found out that we've had a we have a very good coach on our hands yep. so we have nothing to worry about uh, for the program for years to come so it sure the, looks that way and I agree with you Jared usually normally after a devastating it it was kind of a devastating loss last night. Let's face it. You yeah. know, they they had their opportunity to win that and get to the Final Four. But it's a pretty quick turnaround to have the mindset that this was a real special team. And, you know, you heard me talking about it, and I can't say it enough. I love this team because it was all team. You know, you never knew what guy was going to hit the big shot at the crucial yeah. time. It wasn't just one guy that you could concentrate on. Well coached. I mean, the whole program looks like it's in good hands, like you mentioned, and it was just a hell of a run, and now it's going to be an interesting Final Four. You know, Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston, UCLA stacks up to be pretty interesting. I, I mean, am I super excited for either of these Final Four matchups per se? No, but right. will I be very, very interested to see if it's Gonzaga versus Baylor? Oh hell yeah! I, it's just Baylor has oh, a backcourt that can lock up maybe even the Brooklyn Nets, like the, Davion <laughs> Mitchell and Teague and all those guys that they have. Like they're one hell of a team. They're fun to watch. Same thing with Gonzaga. One thing I do want to throw out, and this is maybe I'm an idiot for saying this, but what is the deal with the whole like jokester facial hair? Like, do you know? Have you noticed that with kids like just college basketball players or like college football players rocking mullets or like the Fu Manchu, like just a yeah, I don't know, like stupid. 
like facial I'm, I'm describing uh timmy for gonzaga <laughs> right. like i just i've never understood and i tweeted this but i've never understood the whole i'm gonna put a stupid like facial mustache like or ryan fitzpatrick or something like just i'm gonna make myself look like an idiot and like i guess so people can laugh like i don't understand it's an what attention you grab it, don't it, you think it's it it's a stupid one. On it's well, it might like, be stupid. Well, that's what publicity. I don't understand about Timmy. It, this Gonzaga, and I guess he got us talking about him, but it's like he's just bawling out. And all I can think about is how much this guy looks like a clown. It, it's just, it's unfortunate, but that's just the the way that I viewed him and that and that whole beard, Mr. Mustache. Well, thing, you, you know, here you and I are talking about it. Did you see the uh, the the uh, what do they call it? Pre-game guys, you know, where they all put on the fake mustaches yeah, and did their little thing. I mean, thing. it I mean, makes it, I get why he does it. Like you said, it's an attention, it's an attention grab. But when you're freaking an all-American, like, do you really need to have that mustache? Right, right. You know, and like I, like I said, I mean, he could probably sit here and say, you know, what the heck are you doing? You're in a podcast booth, and I'm like, you know, man in the arena, whole thing. <laughs> but it's just like. I just have never understood that whole gag, and 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 I feel like it's getting more and more popular, and it's only going to get more and more popular with this guy, who's maybe the best player in college basketball, wearing it as yeah, well. Yeah, he's pretty it, good. Well, you're right about that. I understand the annoyance for sure. You know, uh, this is our potpourri part of the program, and we really haven't talked much about it, but a pretty good Final Four on the women's side, but the big story was the non-call at the end of that Baylor and UConn, the finish in that game. What, what, did, what are your thoughts on that? Before this call had even happened, I've never understood the whole and, and it's kind of like just like weird because it's kind of like an accepted thing like oh the last play of the game like it, there's gonna be a little bit extra contact like you can foul them and we're not gonna call it which is bullshit uh, it, it doesn't make any damn sense it's like why in the most important part of the game yeah it doesn't have the photo finish i suppose but why would you just like a disregard the rules when it's like it just completely screws over the offense, completely screwed over Baylor in that game? Yeah, no, it's it's one thing if you uh, you know if you're driving to the hoop and there might be a little body yeah. on body, but that was just an absolute blatant arms outstretched, complete hack job, and yeah. and no call. And it makes me wonder. You know, they have the instant replay rule for for out of bounds if a guy steps out of bounds or review the three pointer. Why in the, why on earth maybe have a new rule that says if there's 10 seconds to go in the game in a debatable call, you can't look at it? Because let's face it. I don't know. Baylor the next screwed. thing you know, every single game is having that. I understand it. But, but I mean, any any time you look at something in slow motion, it's going to look like a foul. No, I will say that's 100% a foul. Should have been a 100%. foul. 100%. Was if there anybody you heard that said be, that's not a no. foul? <laughs> so it, it is like I do understand. It would, have fit, it would definitely – I bet you Baylor wishes they had that. Oh, so for sure. I can't necessarily argue what you're saying, but – it's a slippery slope once it you start is. doing that, and you know maybe that's a dumb thing to say. I probably we probably should have that because I'd rather have it be the right call. Yeah, when the game's than on the line, longer and all this or that. So I'm not saying get ridiculous either. I mean, there's got to be a, a, a like for ten sure, seconds. 10 like you seconds. said, the last ten seconds probably maybe once every fifteen games they have to actually yeah. go through and look at something. Right. Um, also, let's see. I think that I think we've got everything covered in in college basketball. I have a question for you. It'd be interesting to hear your take on it. It happened back in the high school here. High school basketball. I just noticed it in uh, the district championship game where Corona was playing Lake Fenton. I go to the scores table to double-check my lineup, get some pronunciations, and find out that six of their players decided after their district semifinal game to go on spring break. This is Thought, uh, thoughts he, on First that. off, let me say how validated I feel. Remember at the the whole start of this whole COVID and high school sports thing, I said something like 60% of these kids don't – 
care at all about these seasons. And you guys thought I was like absolutely like you guys were like, oh, what's like maybe like ten percent this or that. Well, you no no let's let's reset. You were talking about football. But okay, but that's it's no. But you, you think it's any no- different? Believe me, probably if the spring break happened during football season, the same thing would probably still be happening. All right, all right. So so. You got the mic. Okay, tell me. Sounds like you're going to say it's justified to go to spring break. Lay no, it on me. No, oh. this is what I'm saying is that you guys tried to tell me how, you know, these kids care so much about this and they care about these sports and, you know, they're they're at these rallies, you know, let us play, let us play. They don't care. It's a social media moment. That's why half the people were at that rally. That's why, you know, it's like I, I saw this tweet and it cracked me up where it was the it was the shouting emoji with let us play, let us play, and then in parentheses it said, unless it coincides with our beach time, mm-hmm. then cancel it. It just, it just cracks me up. And this is not a one-team thing. This is a lot of programs. Well, probably. Uh, like, And it's it's funny because it's not like it's, it's run sh- rampant. It's not like it's the shitty programs. It is every program. But the kids who, quote-unquote, would you would think would care the most, they don't care. Yeah, but the thing is, Jared, and this is the other thing, which is it's a very, very bad lesson out there. The, the players that all went on spring break, I don't know – if there were any starters, they were the get people coming off the bench. They said, "Oh, I'm I'm not playing much, so I'm going to go to spring break." And it, yeah, it, it's it's unbelievable. It's, it, it's funny. Like I said, I called it from I and you know maybe I I wasn't quite exact. I didn't think that the half the team was just going to quit like right in the playoffs. Right, but. Hey, but yeah, you're in the tournament. For God's <laughs> it's, sake. it's not like, yeah, it's not like it's like a, a game start of the year or you know a game over Christmas break or something. It's like this is yeah the most important game of the year, a district, a district championship. championship. Yes, a di- or not only that, the Byron girls. Okay, Byron girls, seventeen and zero, a potential state championship yeah, team. Good, very good team. Very good team. They're in the regionals, and they had five players, five players that could get that. I mean, that's all they had. They had no subs. Think about that. And I know there's many other programs in the state that ran into this, like you said. I'm glad that you're at least – you're taking credit because you called it, but you think it's bullshit like yeah, I do, right? I, well, it's just like – If you I, sign up for a I, team, you're on the it, team. This is what I'll say. Am I shocked that this is happening? No. Right. I, like, I, like I said, saw this coming a mile away with the way that – with everybody, was it was such a you know moment with the whole let us play movement and this or that. And it's just – I. I it wasn't long ago. It was three years ago. I was walking these halls. Right. I was, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I just feel like I saw it with my own two eyes. That like the the amount of dedication that is not necessarily as real as you think it is. Now let me ask you this. I'll put you on the spot because you, you you came off the bench for Corona your senior yeah. year, right? Would you, if you were in the no. district championship no. game, would that thought have even ever crossed your mind? No. Let's say, and, and maybe we are like casting a wide aspersion, but I, still. I think I think there is a lot a lot of. You know, players that did this. So it's yeah. like I can't nece- I can't necessarily say it was oh this this one story here, this one story there. No, you've covered. You've seen like I've I've heard of three or four different teams just within you know a couple of districts right nearby us that the same thing's happening where you know a large portion of their team are gone. So no, I don't think that. Well, it comes down to like I said, how much you care about. We're it. talking about the players, which I think it, we're being a little unfair, and I'll just tell you why. I I don't blame the players as much as I blame the parents. There's no way oh, if I'm no, a parent. I'm the opposite. You're the opposite. Really. It, if I'm it a parent. It comes down to the kids. Like, if the kid, why am I? There's no way as a, I had a, okay, go ahead. Finish your thought. If the kid does not give two shits about the season, why? It's just, it's so, like, crazy that. Why'd they sign I, up to play? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. 
it's just funny that they they literally do not care. They had this plan the entire season. One, why aren't they just forfeiting the district semifinals? If if you're literally going to win that game just to forfeit the very next game, right? Why are you even doing it? Um, but but no, I, I have a, like I said, I have a problem with maybe both of them. But I look at more as the players. Like, are you serious? Like, I understand you want to go on your vacation or this or that, yeah. but, I, I mean, come I, on. I'm completely opposite. I am I'm, I put parents more at blame. I had a teaching moment with uh, with one of my daughters. She was on the high school basketball team, right? Yeah. Wasn't playing hardly at all. Was upset with the coach. Wanted to quit. And we had to take her out for a little ride out in the country and do a little, little dad yeah. and daughter time and say, look, we understand it. We, we don't like it either, but – our advice to you, we we kind of put it on her. We said, you can do what you want to do, but here's how we're going to lay it out for you. Life is hard, and you can't go through life quitting. You you signed up to be on this team, and I know you're not happy, but you got to ride it out to the end of the year. Next year, you don't have to even go out. And that's, and that's the way it worked. She stuck it out, and she was glad she did. And that's where I say the parents come in. Parents can go to spring break. So what? Kids should be staying well, around just, to play. No, well, here's what's funny is, all right, see you later. Have fun in your district final game. Like, we're not going to watch you. It's 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 just funny both ways. And a lot, I see a lot of people are, like, almost blaming it on the parents. Like, oh, they're forcing their kids to go on spring break. No, that's not what's happening. You're telling me that a kid's, it's like, a combination. A kid's is that getting what you're dragged saying? to go to Florida. Like, you think that kids are getting dragged to well, go to Florida right like now? like I said, and they're all pretty much their bench players. What I've seen, I haven't seen any team that – had starters go, or maybe well, I'm I've missing seen total that. Maybe teams I'm missing forfeiting. It. Total teams. eight players miss sitting out a game. That's not just the bench players. Okay, so that's it, again even more bull. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. To I me. mean, well, here's like I said, it shouldn't make us upset if they don't give a shit about the season. Why do I care whether they cancel? Whether like it's like it kind of like when you at the end of the day when you think about it that way, um, like it, it's just. It is a good point you Who bring cares? up there. Like they don't care. Why should I care? Why am I worked up about it? I guess just because <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of. It's like it, they don't care. It's not the way. It should, that, but that's part of the problem with this world and country. It's just not right. I mean, here here we are, Jared. <laughs> You're the young kind of, generation. I'm when the you, old generation. You knew how I was going to stand on this one. When I, it's when you think about, it, it's actually kind of hilarious that they just said, <laughs> "I don't really care. I'm going. I'm going to Florida." It's, it's like it's just. It's mind boggling. It's. It, I mean, we we've danced circles around it. We've talked about it. You know, it's just, at the end of the day, if they don't care, why should we care? Exactly. So I won't lose sleep tonight but, over it. But that's the only thing is, I hope I don't see you know these same girls or these same players, these same guys. I mean, it's not just a girl thing. It's no. all across the board. Every single basketball player, every single program is right. probably dealing with this in some way, shape, or form. Um, if you were at that rally and you made sure to post it on Twitter and you made sure to take a picture and post it on Instagram. You there? That should picture should be forced to be taken down, and you should have to f- <laughs> issue a public apology. Oh, and I and like I said, maybe I'm I'll pass the statute of limitations where I know we don't like necessarily want to talk bad about high schoolers and stuff. But I feel like the fact that I'm only three years apart from these people is I have I can say some of this stuff where maybe you can't. I don't know. Maybe, oh, no, maybe I, I'm wrong by saying that. No, I agree with you. I, that's why I value your opinion because you are that generation. Yeah, you are, you like, have that mindset. The, the one thing I'm happy to hear, though, is you would have never, ever thought about doing such a thing yourself. Yeah. I'm no. talking Jared I, and, Patel personally. And here's, well, here's what's – it was a big ordeal to miss uh, – like we used to have uh, voluntary track practice during spring break. Right. And 
you know, I was literally quite literally the worst person on the track team. <laughs> so it was it was one of those things where I I didn't um, I saw maybe I'm a little bit hypocritical. I didn't go. We a big portion of the team did not go to those practices. It was on your own. They would give us the it workouts. Wasn't mandatory. No, oh, okay. uh, voluntary. I mean, yeah. And like I said, it wasn't like it was a meet. It was you know a whole spring break summer. The sometimes the coaches weren't even there. They would go to D.C. or other places. Right. So it was like kind of like you know on your own decide whether you want to come or decide whether you don't. So yeah. I shouldn't say that I'm 100% guilt free in that, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's practice and yeah. it's well, it's just at funny. the very start of the season. Yeah, well, I know. I, I was talking to your dad about it, and you know, there there is no way possible in our family that first of all, our parents would have ever had to deal with that. We would have been fighting them tooth and nails if they were trying to take us away from any kind of athletic event. I think John was saying that he had some kind of fourth grade little league practice that he he wasn't going to miss because of some family commitment so you know when you sign on for something i mean there's something to be said about you got to stick with your commitment and i still stand by the fact that i blame the parents more than i do kids. actually i do remember this i there was in my senior year of football you know obviously the sport that i cared about the most and uh, we had Onaway scheduled, mm-hmm. and you know it was basically it was like kind of we were like yeah this is probably gonna be the kind last of our time. family reunion yeah every year and... we go uh, it's the same weekend every year and it was kind of like you know our grandparents wasn't my grandma wasn't doing very good so it was kind of like oh this is the last time she's gonna be able to go mm-hmm. and I still remember I was like it was like the hardest decision I ever had to make to go to Onaway and not do the seven seven I actually remember telling uh you know Coach Robinson like I was basically like crying because I couldn't go to go to the seven on seven I think I do and, remember that and it's yeah. just like kind of you know. It was a lot. I remember it was less. I actually wasn't going to go. And then I ended up driving up like Friday because like I just like felt the need to go. But I don't know. I, I, th- I that dedication is still there with a lot of players. It's it's you know, they're getting I'm cut. We're kind of casting a wide net with yeah. what we're saying with this. There still are a lot of kids. I mean, look at Corona basketball. They didn't miss they, a single player. Not one player. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there are still the, the programs that, you know, really hold it dear to themselves. They're not skipping out. So like like we, like I said, said it two or three times now. If they don't care, why should I care? Right. Uh, and I just got one final question to wrap up that part. Do you find it to be selfish, either think, the players or well, the parents? Well, imagine if you were, you know, a really good like a Byron team. You're seventeen and zero, and you don't your family, you know, isn't going on spring break, and you're getting ready to gear up for maybe a state championship run. Right. And then the team just says, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter to us. We're just going to call it. Yeah, uh, we're done. So it's selfish, right? I think it's selfish not only that in that form, but if you're a team like that. What if there is a team that you maybe, you know, a back and forth game in the district semifinals, you barely eke out a win just to forfeit in the district oh, finals? It's like it basically not necessarily forfeit, but you have five players on the court. Yeah, well, it's a bad. It was a bad situation, and a bad end for a lot of teams, and it definitely uh, it worked me up. But I'm glad you talked me through it. Now I'll, I'll be okay now. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's the way things are, and I think it's oh, it, it, it. it's just the way things are nowadays. But you shouldn't get worked up about it because guess what? They are not losing a wink of sleep over it. I guess they not. are on the beaches of Florida, right now, so <laughs> that's it's, right. It's, you shouldn't. They're caught up in the whole COVID spread down there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got anything else, young fella? No. Uh, just over. I mean, we miss Matt. Obviously, we did. Uh, Got to get his thoughts on Michigan game. You know, don't yep. think that we're going to have to – we got to hear his thoughts. He's, you know, I would say the most diehard of us where, you know, he kind of lives and dies. Uh, and he's always Michigan. the glass half full guy, yep, too. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been nice to have him on to hear his thoughts, uh, but don't think he's getting out of giving us his thoughts. Yeah. So we're going to hear him next week. And definitely check out Twitter. You can follow him there at uh, Matt Burns and also at Three Point Pod. Well, let's call it a wrap, Jared. Let's get out of here. Uh, everybody out there, follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public schools by the way corona public schools has a big millage vote coming up in may 
I just say vote yes, but I'm keeping it right in the family. Hankered Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. We missed him, but Matt, we'll talk to you next week. For Jared Fattel, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody. And by the way, thanks again to Don Thomas for joining us from a podcast divided. See you, everybody. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.